BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as Sir Ezra, the Watchful, History of Magic Professor, the Flannel Wizard, obviously, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, my wonderful co-host, and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Einen wunderschönen guten Tag. We are so happy you are here. Come on in. Make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 47 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will talk about chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban on Marge's big mistake. As always, we'll start with our cottage catch-up, train you and ourselves for future trivia nights, and do our best to learn more about magical and fantastic beasts. What do you got for catch-up? Um, well, I don't have any ketchup. I just have this really nice, <laughs> uh, delicious dessert that, that we are eating. Oh, you don't uh, even know what it is. Wait, I said it's delicious, and I didn't even try it yet. Hold on, let me do a little live. Like, we are cur- currently we're obsessed with peanut butter. Oh my gosh, I thought it was gonna be chocolate. It's like largely peanut butter. It's peanut butter with uh, cocoa powder and that True Whip that you bought. I don't think I'm gonna be able to like that. Really gets in the teeth. That really gets in the that locks the jaw. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to like continue the I'm podcast. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's all right. But there is some other cool news. Oh, I see. I just saw it. She <laughs> just mm-hmm. saw it in the, yeah. in yeah, the yeah. script. Yep. Fleur got Bill hooked on Korean dramas. Hooked. <laughs> K dramas. K drama hooked. Call me. Yep. Like, wow. I if you guys haven't, let me start you off on the best one that we. What's it called? So it's called. Um, I know Romance you just, is a bonus book. Romance is a bonus book. Go look this thing up on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive. And I'm telling you right now, I'm so glad we started with this one because yeah, me too. I think as a gateway for folks into Korean dramas, 
I'm hooked. I am flat out hooked. I they've got me like my head is just spinning. I don't know who is supposed to be with who. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm not even sure who to root for. I'm also rooting for everyone, like everyone. Yeah. And it's just really cool. It kind of gives you, I don't know, an insight into their culture a little bit, the language, yeah. Yeah. you know, what they eat, how they talk. Oh it my is God, just they eat wild. so much in so many different restaurants and cafes. It's uh, incredible. And I had no idea. You, As you said, the fashion in- industry is crazy. They, they're yeah. every episode wearing a different um, <laughs> coat or shirt or like, and I don't mean like, I mean, nothing repeats. You know what I mean? You know how sometimes you're yeah. watching a show and they've got that, your, your character they're, has they're the outfit, classic yeah. outfit, yeah. you know? No, no, not a single person here will will repeat an outfit. And it's it's amazing, actually. Yeah, it's fun to watch. And once you are aware of, you know what you're getting into, like, okay, this is not super realistic. There's so many things where you're like, really? But it's fun. It's so fun Mm -hmm. to watch because it is emotional because you can connect to the characters you can connect to their stories and there is real life problems there it's just sometimes like okay there's so much yeah and so many coincidences <laughs> that they oh meet up my. all the time in their neighborhood when it rains and she doesn't have a place to go and boom there there the neighborhood guy is he's there and he's there yeah ready to go on a date with her you you would think <laughs> that some sort of magic is intervening to or, or i don't know what it is that's like yeah. causing them I mean, to meet it's magical sometimes almost, that right? happens in real life but yeah. yeah yeah oh for sure yeah yeah and i like the setting a lot because they all work at a um publishing house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's great it's so cool because yeah. we're both teachers so we have we love books we love books mm-hmm yeah. But it's just fun to see how's life outside of, te- like, if your profession is not teaching and you're somewhere in an office and how's office life, it's always fun to watch. Right. Sometimes I'm watching that show and I'm thinking, like, I could knock out half those tasks pretty quick. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I would be all right. I'd actually be okay with this, you know? So, I think anyway. you really could work for a publishing house, too. Yeah. I love it. I've actually you know looked, so many books and well, li- I mean, literature. I've, yeah. Well, or proofreading or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, again, I'm just proofreading high school papers and whatnot, so it's nothing, nothing major. But I love it. I enjoy doing it, and I, it's, um, you know, something I've I've looked into in the past. But anyway, it is, uh, it's really cool. Yes. I did not think I, I would like it. If you were on, if you do follow me over on Instagram, Wampret underscore two M, you will see that I posted a <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, the most dramatic. I think the most dramatic scene. Like of the entire thing so far. But it's so, so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh, even though the incident the terrible, yeah. is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way they shot it, it's just so over the top. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll maybe what I'll do is I'll make an, a new highlight on my social media. So if you're listening uh, in the future or whatever, you can come check out my experience with K drama. So I'll just label it K drama, and I'll start posting some updates <laughs> because it's like every night, and we're we're thinking this summer we might have to binge a few of them. I hope so. Like we now have plans yes. to go to to South Korea. Uh, actually, yeah, I have been to Seoul, and I want to take you so bad because Seoul is be- it's a beautiful city. It yeah. m- reminds me a lot of Berlin in terms of its multi multicultural is is a difficult word to use because mm-hmm. there is a lot of cultures, but you know how in Berlin there's a lot of european or eastern mm-hmm. cultures yeah. there but there's a lot of different asian cultures and oh yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah because um, it's a hub it's it's the right, right and, yeah and there's so much art and art performances and music mm-hmm. and it's just a be- i i love it. and so much street food <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah can't wait to to take you there one day and it, it it means so much to me that you 
enjoy even if you didn't enjoy it that would be fine mm-hmm. but it's just fun to do something that i i enjoyed i remember from being you know young adult teenager college student i just loved watching a good korean drama from time to time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun to enjoy it with you now yeah well hey i mean <laughs> look i go ahead and say this there's not there's not a lot of guys i don't know i don't feel like a lot of my my guy buddies would be would would admit openly that they that they enjoyed a career or that they would want to watch it you know what i'm saying that's kind of a stereotype that's why you're so cool that's why i'm so cool all right that's where i was driving to thank you for filling Mm -hmm. the gap there but i am telling you right now i highly recommend it and i will be recommending this one on social media and um now this one i don't recommend for kids but we watched like squid game which a lot of these actors are in oh yeah and they're the famous sort of korean actors one of them is now going to be in star wars so i i've i'm like all right cool i gotta i gotta immerse myself more in this Mm -hmm. um you know this culture and and figure out uh i don't know they're just i'm having fun having fun watching it so yeah (laughs) all right all righty right what was that all righty right all righty right right sounds like i don't know what i want to (laughs) say probably yeah, just, I mean, not really any show news. Obviously, everyone's shocked. Everyone has their opinion or expectations on the new HBO Max show. Um, it was just fun to think about if we're going to see any of the old cast in any roles. I know some already said no. Uh, they don't want to be involved in the show. Yeah. But I wonder, because we have seen Tom Felton once said he would absolutely sign up as Lucius Malfoy. Obviously, he said that while yep. he was laughing and thought it was cool. And he didn't think it was going to happen so fast, actually, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but could part he? of me hopes that he does. <laughs> I know, I know. It's one of those things where I'm sort of like, um, and I think for some, it might take some people out of it and be kind of weird. But if you're mm-hmm. a brand, if you're, if you're actually branding this for a brand new audience and mm-hmm. you're, you're going to move forward entirely with uh show verse stuff where it's mm-hmm. just all tv like we've talked about seven books seven seasons and then from there expand out to the marauders and span expand out to a young tom riddle series and all those things if you're going to do that it doesn't hurt to bring these actors in then you know it won't yeah. do anything to i guess like affect the what do you call it um can i don't know like like continuity or whatever yeah, because if you keep fans, them yeah. yeah if you keep them separate if you're not planning on making them you're you're rebooting it right so you're rebooting it which means that like the old stuff is the old stuff you're not going to do anything in that universe unless they decide to make you know like i said before a cinematic universe and then a tv show universe for harry potter so if you're not going to do that you sure as heck could bring tom felton in and have him play lucius yeah that would just be a fun easter egg for for all us old folks yeah (laughs) yeah uh, who watched the original movies when they were younger you know, to be honest, c- crazy as this is, I, I just enjoy, um, and now it would be probably strange, but I'm just thinking of a way to, yeah, like who are some of the other maybe actors or whatever that, that could come back and play? An older par- version of them, uh, an older part that... Yeah, of, of their of their parent or even like maybe, maybe play a role as a professor at the school or something, you know? Oh, I, <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Matt Lewis, what's his Matthew name? Matthew Lewis, yeah. Matthew Lewis. I would love At, to see him as some, I mean. Remus Lupin? I mean, hey. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, right? I mean, that's a little crazy. For sure. But, yeah, no, I like it. I like that. But it's possible. I mean, if they wanted to do that and he was interested, there you go. I mean, I, I don't know. And, and we don't know if any of these people are interested or not. We're just fans of them and we're fans of the of the movies and, and we like yeah. these actors and we always want to, you know, see them. Ivana Lynch you know. as... Narcissa. 
Whoa, now that, hold on. I mean, that's, that would be wild. People call me out for that. Yeah, I think you're going a little too far. No, Ivana is so much Luna, it's going to be hard to, I mean, unless they, they could do like a flashback of Luna, a memory of Luna and her mother that she could be her mother. That would be cool. Yeah, right. That'd be, that'd be wild. Yeah. So, I don't know if you guys got thoughts or ideas on that. Let us know. I, I think it's a it's neat to consider. I they're bringing back the executive producer David Heyman. So you know. Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. So again, it'll be interesting to see. They got to cast those child actors, and then you got to get your professors lined yeah. up. I mean, so who's gonna play Quirrell? <laughs> like, who's gonna play? Like the biggest big question. Professor Kirk. Me. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna step up in there. Could you imagine? Yeah, can oh we make God. a? Can, can you imagine we have to move to London because you're gonna be Professor poor Kirk. us, poor us. No, that's what I, I was always hoping that if they ever went beyond the TV show and they did something like um, I don't know, like expanded it or whatever, that mm-hmm. Hogwarts opened up to a visiting professor from from the states from Ilvermorny, and I just could mm-hmm. show up and we could we could you know, I I could maybe I can write. We can write together a, f- a fanfic. Yeah, yeah. We pitch it to J.K. Rowling and say, hey, what do you think? Weave this in there. Let's make this a I go. mean, that's how uh, Fifty Shades of Grey came to be. Mm-hmm. It was a fan fiction of Twilight. That's crazy. So, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but otherwise, here in the cottage, things are just, um, we're, we're driving towards the end of the school year, and uh, yeah, it's been freezing. It was like hot last week, and now it is back to cold, and that is just the way it works here in the Midwest, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, April does what it wants. Yep, we learned that from Liam Karps or whatever his name is. He's so funny. Yeah. He does uh, like German, English. He compares German to, to English or other, other languages even. You got to watch him. He's on, I think, TikTok, Instagram. And obviously he shows up in our feed. Not in our feet, in our feed. Goodness. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Okay. I don't know. Uh, let's uh, let's do some training, you know. I feel like I, I want to train. Let's go. Hardcore for uh, future trivia nights, whenever they're going to be. Okay. Let's see what you got. How did Hermione get Crookshanks? Uh, she went into the shop and bought him, you know? Mm-hmm. She went in there and she purchased him um, do you in know, do you Diagon know? Alley. Okay. Do you, know, do you remember the name of the shop? Menagerie something. Yep. Magical Menagerie. Magical Menagerie, mm-hmm. yeah. Could have figured that out. And she originally uh, wanted to purchase an owl. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's something about Crookshanks, and the owner told um, her nobody wanted him. He's been there for a long time, and Hermione was like... Yeah. I mean, I would have been like her. Yeah. If you had to choose, would you get an owl or a cat? I don't know. I do like cats. You know, I've had cats growing up or whatever, but I think I would probably go with an owl. Um, I I really enjoy owls and I always think they represent wisdom. You you do. Yeah. I know you like owls. Yeah. The other day we're picking out uh, children's books for a cousin of mine Mm -hmm. for a baby shower. And I just had like five or six different owl books pulled out from all the, all the picture books. It's going nuts. By the way, I love children's books. Yeah. We could have probably bought 10 or 15. Yeah, we were going a little crazy, weren't we? It was wild. But yeah, we narrowed it down to a few. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, And it's coming up in this book, so. Okay. Uh, Number two, when was the first edition of the Philosopher's Stone published in the UK? 
in the UK. So the first, very first book, very first public or edition published. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, the first book was had to be in the mm-hmm. had to be in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So ninety eight. Oh, pretty close. Ninety seven. June 26, 1997. 97, okay. first published. Yeah. Te- can you guess uh, when the last book, Deathly Hallows, came out? Uh, sometime around when I was a senior. Or mm-hmm. I know, so it was the year after I graduated, so 2007. Good, yep. July 21st, mm-hmm. 2007. And I only know because of uh, book releases and stuff that we went to and things that we were trying to... Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they would have those midnight things where you could go and you could get the book and whatever. Yeah, yep. so that was exactly 10 years and now they're uh, looking at exactly 10 years. They're hoping to get all the show parts released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. That's cool. Okay, that's all I got for, for today. Do you have a spontaneous question for me? Um, you want to throw at me? Hmm, let me think, let me think. Uh, what drink did Vernon Dursley offer Marge when she comes to Privet Drive? Oh, when she comes to when she first gets there. Ooh, yep. I was gonna say brandy. I don't know because that was the drink she drank when she was yelling in here or like the last dinner. Mm-hmm. It was already over. They were having lots of food drinks, and then the last drink they get is brandy. And yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, that's when Harry explodes. I mean, March. Yeah, March. Yeah. Almost <laughs> explodes. Uh, is it brandy when she comes? No, wait, 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 it's not alcoholic. I think it's tea. Yes, it is. Because she, he asked, and what does Ripper drink? And she's like, he can drink from my, from my saucer. saucer. Yeah, yeah. So they had tea to start. Let's yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> that, was easy. that was easy. Okay. As always, or as we did it the last couple of times. What? Rescue these creatures? Yes, that's right. Rescue, nurture, and protect them. I'm, I'm gently trying to educate my fellow wizards about them. Come on. Give me a number between four and seventy-nine. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Please open your books. Page twenty-nine. The fairy. Whoa. I think that's a new one classification they're not that uh dangerous they only have two x's which means they're harmless and they may be domesticated the fairy is a small and decorative beast of little intelligence and there is a footnote muggles have a great weakness for fairies which feature in a variety of tales written for their children these fairy tales involve winged beings with distinct personalities and the ability to converse as humans though often in a nauseatingly Sentimental fashion. Fairies as envisaged huh? by the muggle. Envisioned, as envisioned? Envisioned, but it's in, yeah, it's a different word. <laughs> so fairies as envisioned by the muggles inhabit tiny dwellings fashioned out of flower petals, hollowed out toadstools and similar. They are often depicted as carrying wands. Of all magical beasts, the fairy might be said to have received the best muggle press. Hmm. Often used or conjured by wizards for decoration, the fairy generally inhabits woodlands or glades. Ranging in height from one to five inches, the fairy has a minute humanoid, minute, miniature, minute, humanoid body. 
head and limbs, but sports large insect-like wings, which may be transparent or multi multicolored according to type. The fairy possesses a weak brand of magic that it may use to deter predators such as the augre. It has a quarrelsome nature, but being excessively vain, it will become docile on any occasion when it is called to act as an ornament. Despite its human-like appearance, the fairy cannot speak. It makes a high-pitched buzzing noise to communicate with its fellows. The fairy lays up to 50 eggs at a time on the underside of leaves. The eggs hatch into brightly colored larvae. At the age of 6 to 10 days, these spin themselves as a cocoon, uh, a cocoon from which they emerge one month later as fully formed winged adults. Mm. So they're more like a butterfly, a magical human-like butterfly. Yeah, I guess I so. Like. That's a little odd. That's yeah. a little. That's a little odd that they, uh, yeah, that they're kind of like lar- larva or whatever. Larva. Yeah, I I actually like it that you know humans have had probably some kind of contact with them and made these stories around them. Mm-hmm. I mean, muggles. Mm-hmm. I said humans, <laughs> muggles. Mm-hmm. Um. But they're actually a little different than we think. Yeah. So we use muggle stories or myth that's actually there in our society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I would say my, so when we're out and about and we see mushrooms on the side of a tree, I often would tell my niece, Rachel, that uh, it's a fairy tree when they're growing just on the side. And you can see a bunch of those uh, that fairies live there because she always wondered what they were, what's there and stuff. And, you know, at one point my sister even put like a little house like, like up in the tree. She sort of like... When she was really little, we walked out one time and just looking around, and we didn't really tell her about it until she spotted it herself. And then so she notices this tree that we've or this um, little house that we tacked on there that that was Sarah like researched it and it was something that had nutrients or whatever for the tree too, okay. something that was that still was going to be okay, not hurt yeah. the tree. Uh, but we yeah, as, as she looked up and, and saw it, it was Rachel noticed it and was like, "What's that?" Yeah. Who lives there? It's Aww. a little miniature house. And she just wanted to know who who lived there. And, you know, we told her the fairies live there. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to be like that, too. I'm going to tell my kids that. Uh, isn't that part of the movie that you showed me about the European Song Contest? Oh, my gosh. Eurovision? Yes. Yeah. And they were speaking to the fairies, and yeah. the fairies were going to help them. Yeah. And they did. And they did. Yeah, those fairies were vicious, by the way. So, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Eurovision is a ridiculous movie. And uh, it's got Will Ferrell. That was one of the first movies you showed me. I know. Just because you're from Europe and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I wanted to show it to you. Nuts. But anyway, yeah. It's like uh, if you came over and the first movie I want to show you is Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> but you did show me Independence Day, too. So. I did. Um, yeah. So what you want to have or befriend a fairy? Yes, they, they don't seem, you know, mean or anything. They seem like they're, you know, they've got magical abilities and... Um, they use them for decoration. So I wonder yeah. if they just stay, if I, don't you, know. I don't know, in your garden. I mean, if they were there, just there like butterflies and just live there out of my garden, I would love that. Yeah, no, so. I think they'd be fine. I, it seems like fairies are cool. Yep. So down. Okay. Tinkerbell was a fairy. I know, but she could speak. Yeah, she could. <laughs> and she also, yeah, could grow up and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, ready to dive into the chapter. Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You win, so you can choose. You can you can read it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, 
<clears throat> Chapter 2 and Marge's Big Mistake On the morning of Harry's 13th birthday, when the young wizard enters the kitchen to get breakfast, he is, as always, being ignored by his aunt, uncle, and cousin. All three of them have their eyes fixed on the TV, where a reporter is warning the public about a lunatic named Sirius Black, who has recently escaped from prison. After loudly complaining about how they are too soft with people like Black, Uncle Vernon announces that he better get going to pick up Marge from the train station. Harry's face drops. Vernon's sister, Aunt Marge, is one of the least pleasant people Harry knows. She is large, loud, and mean. Before Vernon leaves, he makes Harry promise he won't do anything funny and keep his secret of being a wizard to himself. Instead, he must stick to the story that he goes to a special educational institution for criminal boys. Before he agrees, though, Harry has an idea. He uses this rare occasion to give his uncle a condition. He shall behave accordingly if Uncle Vernon promises to sign his permission slip for Hogsmeade. Grudgingly, Vernon agrees, slams the door, and drives off to get his sister. Harry hurries upstairs to put all his magical stuff away and mentally prepare for Aunt Marge's visit. She will be staying for a whole week, and he, Harry, will have to put up with her constantly bullying and insulting him and his parents. But he has a strategy. Whenever Marge starts belittling him, Harry focuses all his thoughts and energy on his handbook of DIY broom care. Unlike the Dursleys, who normally encourage Harry to stay out of their way, Aunt Marge wants Harry under her eye at all times so that she could make loud suggestions for his improvement. Somehow, Harry manages to get through the first couple of days, but midway through, when Marge starts insulting Harry's mom, he accidentally makes her wine glass explode. Marge doesn't realize that it was Harry's doing, but explains that she just has a very firm grip, and this has happened to her before. The rest of the week, Harry forces himself to stay calm and quiet. Even during the last dinner with Aunt Marge, nothing unusual happens until they bring out the brandy after pudding. Tipsy and hiccuping, Marge deliberately provokes Harry again by talking ill of his mom and dad. Harry tries so hard to concentrate on his broom care book, but he completely loses it when Marge accuses Lily and James of getting themselves killed in a car crash when they were drunk. Marge starts to swell, literally swell like a helium balloon and drifts off into the air. Harry just blew up his aunt and he storms upstairs to throw all his belongings in his suitcase. Uncle Vernon tries to stop him and commands him to fix Aunt Marge, but Harry doesn't care. He rushes out the door into the dark night, heaving his heavy trunk behind him, Hedwig's cage under his arm. Oh boy, Aunt Marge, wow. What a lovely person. What a lovely person. She is something else. Uh, I don't like her. I think she's mean. She's nasty. Okay, that's obvious, right? But it's just like, I don't even know. She's worse than the Dursleys, right? She's worse than Vernon. She's worse yeah. than Petunia because maybe it's because it's such a short stint where we see her and she, she pops in there and just is intentionally nasty, whereas like they're annoyed by Harry at certain times and want to it's a different type of i guess abuse i don't know it's just strange she's over the top yeah yeah for sure like and as harry said she deserves it sorry she deserves it so yeah like you said she instead of like the dursleys really just leave him alone most of the time right Mm -hmm. yeah so especially once he becomes a a wizard right you're a wizard harry and so now it's sort of like you know i mean let's let's stay away i mean i think they're still they're still scarred, air quote, from uh, Hagrid's little spell, little pigtail on uh, Dudley. Yeah. So they don't want any more craziness going on. 
I know. I know. And she doesn't know all that. She just thinks Harry is, I don't know, like a misfit. And they, he should be grateful for being with the Dursleys. What right? has he done over the years before you know going to Hogwarts and everything? Like, What did he do that really caused issue with her and, well, and probably like Vernon that, you know? speaking about him yeah it could be it absolutely could just be that he was venting and and he's frustrated mm-hmm. and and in all these different things and i don't know but i mean that yes the way they talk about it, you're right it's probably that that and then so marge comes over and it's like oh wow this is the boy they talk about this is the one who they vent about so much and so she just mm-hmm. lays into him yeah because because in front of he's not done anything he hasn't really done anything to to her and he's not around enough really to uh i guess no i know right that, yeah you know? she's just a mean person <laughs> yeah she breeds bulldogs and yep I, I was interested in um reading about the breed itself so there is a website called american kennel club <laughs> okay and they say about bulldogs kind but courageous friendly but dignified the bulldog is a thick set low slung well muscled bruiser whose face sour mug face sour mug face (laughs) is the universal symbol of courage and tenacity these docile loyal companions adapt well to town or country Mm. and we know she lives out in the country and she has like 12 dogs and she breeds them so um i wonder if that's what she does for a living though she doesn't really talk about anything else but that right (laughs) yeah yeah that seems to be it yeah um, the loose skin of the head, furrowed brow, pushed in nose, small ears, undershot jaw with hanging chops on either side and the distinctive rolling gait all practically scream, I'm a bulldog, um, and so on. But what's interesting with a bulldog, um, I have read a couple of times that they are prone to health issues. Oh, really? The selective breeding of English bulldogs has led to a lot of health problems. Huh. Um, their deep facial folds, pronounced underbite, and other distinctive features lead to um, issues. I mean, that's, you know, a whole thing with animal breeding and, and responsible responsible breeding. Uh, you need to be informed. You need to know what the features are, but you need to make sure that the breed will be healthy. And there has been some issues with that. So I don't know. Um, you, the, the typical, I mean, they are friendly, but the typical picture of the bulldog sometimes can be like, they're just right there. Oh, they look more intimidating than yes. they probably are. Yeah. Uh, although Which, they say the bite, right. If like a, a bulldog's bite can like really latch down on you and, and it's hard to get free of that if, if the, yeah. if the dog doesn't want you to. So yeah. Yeah. And it's probably here in this chapter, it's probably to resemble, I mean, Aunt Marge probably resembles a little bit of a bulldog-like yeah. appearance, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I yeah, don't yeah. know. Intimidating and, yes. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And maybe more intimidating than she really is. Because often, yeah. again, we're not psychologists or anything, but often if you complain about others so much, you have your own, you know, insecurities mm-hmm. and yeah. the issues to deal with and... I'm sure they all have. But are, are we the only Harry Potter podcast that tries to, to understand, understand the Aunt family. Marge and, and the Dursleys? Like, I don't know. What is wrong with us? I know. Um, yeah, but before before Aunt Marge arrives, it's a typical scene that we see a lot in the Harry Potter series when Harry is at Privet Duck. 
Privet Drive. Uh, it's his birthday. It's his 13th birthday. Mm-hmm. No one cares. So... Yeah. But this time, Harry, first of all, he's used to that, so he doesn't even care, really, too. Mm-hmm. And this time, he has his presents and cards upstairs. So Yeah, so he's good. He knows that people actually love him and think think about him on his birthday. He even likens it to Aunt Marge showing up being a bad birthday present, the worst birthday <laughs> present that they ever gave him. Yeah. So, including the socks. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, if she hadn't have shown up, it's a pretty good birthday, you know? It's just a boring I know. It's not too bad, summer. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Dudley's watching his new TV and they're all mm-hmm. hanging out just ignoring him and I think that's kind of what he's used to and is okay with he'd rather be ignored than picked on and stuff right, right. so they watch the news about Sirius black because mm-hmm. yep. even the muggle world has heard of him probably because cornelius fudge went to the muggle to uk prime minister and told them hey you better watch out yeah <laughs> but what i was wondering did they ever i mean they warn the muggles about Sirius black but not about voldemort yeah what do you mean when I don't know. Well, in the first Wizarding War, I wonder if they did. You wonder if they did? I don't Yeah, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they did say that there was someone out and about and there was some warning for because Death they, Eaters and whatnot. That's what Scrimger does, right? In the seventh book, he goes to warn the minister, Prime Minister about all the events that are happening. Cornelius Fudge goes, yeah, and warns. Scrimger is the new Minister of Magic and oh, Fudge Oh, he introduces has, him. He, yeah. Scrimger shows up too later. Yeah, he introduces him. And then they talk, yeah, they talk about everything that's going down, Voldemort's back, and then, yeah. Because because Fudge has I gone there so. before mm-hmm. multiple times, that he knew the Prime Minister, and because yeah. he, the Prime Minister reflects on his first day, and is sort of like this guy with the bowler hat, which is Fudge, has showed up periodically, and he's always afraid right. he's going to show back up. This time he steps in, and he's like, he's no longer the Minister of Magic, yeah. and explains what's going on, so... Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine if he, since that prime minister is reflecting on that time, you would imagine that from time to time, they do come over and, yeah, maybe make recommendations or say, hey, watch out for so-and-so or uh, keep your people on on notice, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And Vernon is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious. Sorry, that's the wrong word. Vernon just loudly complains about how, how they go about the criminals and they deserve worse they shouldn't yeah, just oh, lock he's him ridiculous. up yeah yeah he's right he and petunia are nuts yeah it, yeah they're extreme i mean they are that's again i know we try to understand them and people have their reasons but we're by no means are we saying the dursleys are good people or like we're not trying to defend their actions or what they say <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so interestingly that the the report sort of cuts short and they don't really dis- describe or say much more about no, where he's yeah. escaped from and vernon is paying attention to that where, where did he escape from where's this guy you know running on from because they move right on to the ministry of agriculture and fisheries will announce today and we're off to an- another another subject so it's just a quick be on the lookout here's this guy if you see him report him to the authorities which will then get back to the magical you know law enforcement and they'll yeah. track him down it's just another way to help but because the answer is is azkaban and right, right. <laughs> they can't say that <laughs> right and, well and so you wonder you know we always talk about aunt petunia and how much she knows and that she knew well, about azkaban and everything so she probably did yeah and you I were asking the question does she know Sirius black i know because i was wondering did lily never talk about Sirius because he was james best friend mm-hmm. you would yeah. think they i mean didn't we read about vernon Oh my goodness. 
I am pretty sure we read about Vernon and Petunia going to Lily and J- at least meeting up with them. Yeah, they had dinner. They, they had, had dinner, dinner and we together. talked about that. Yeah, and so they got... It, it didn't go well, actually. No, um, yeah, they probably didn't even talk about series, but... They could have, though. They could have mentioned that he has a godfather, and, and that could have been right. something that was known, or even prior to Harry being born, or Lily uh, marrying James Potter, or whatever it might have been, you know? Yeah. yeah. At the same time, it's such a long time ago, even if Lily had mentioned something about a serious black, or just serious... It's just an... I mean, Sears is not a very common first name. Well, she does I remember guess. later on about Azkaban. She knows that the Dementors yeah. guard the oh, yeah, wizard true. prison. And so that's only been mentioned to her once mm-hmm. a long time ago from by Snape. And I think the reason it stands out is because it's magic. And anything right. related to magic or names, it has just... As much as she wants to forget it and move yeah. on and not talk about it ever again, yeah, she's so fearful of it or so spiteful of it that it's just ingrained in her mind. And she often... Yeah goes back to those conversations. And you wonder how many, how many times she's running around the house or uh, out gardening or thinking about her sister. I guarantee you she thinks about her sister and, and that, that, um, that boy, Snape, right? right? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Snape, who she was with, and, yeah. and, and how she was scared by what they did hmm. and called them freaks. And, you know, she probably reflects on that from time to time. It's a memory that pops up and she hmm. doesn't like it. Yeah. So, yeah. But it has stuck with her. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that seems different from from the movies or how you kind of remember it, it's not just Aunt March is not just coming for dinner. Mm-hmm. She's staying for a whole week with yeah. them. Yeah. So it's not like, okay, Harry, behave for one night and then I'll sign your slip, your permission slip for Hogsmeade. Yes. It's the whole week you have to deal with her. And it's not like Harry can cannot really go anywhere. Right? He's kind of stuck in the house. Unless he, he should have been like, can I go to Mrs. Figs? You know? I know, but he doesn't know. Goodness. <laughs> I know he could have. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's stuck though. And you're right. It is a lot longer. It's a whole week where uh, they're, they're they're doing, um, yeah, they're, they're, she's she's there. It doesn't stay that often. They even say that too, that she, typically they go up mm-hmm. to see Aunt Marge and that might be when Harry stays with Mrs. Fig. But this yeah. time she's coming here and she's got, what's his name? Colonel so-and-so is uh, watching over the other dogs, and she did bring Ripper with her because right. Ripper just Their goes favorite, yeah. yeah, it goes a little crazy when she leaves. So Right. And Harry yeah. recalls some, some memories with March. Like when Dudley turned five, he had a birthday party, and Aunt March had whacked Harry around the shins with her walking stick to stop him from beating Dudley at musical statues. Mm-hmm. A few years later, she had retur- uh, she had turned up at Christmas with a computerized robot for Dudley and a box of dog biscuits for Harry. On her last visit, the year before Harry started at Hogwarts, Harry had accidentally trodden on the tail of her favorite dog. Ripper had chased Harry out into the garden and up a tree, and Aunt Marge had refused to call him off until past midnight. What? The memory of this incident still brought tears of laughter 
to Dudley's eyes. I mean, I'm sorry to say this, and this is where I, I sound like a Slytherin, but that just being Dudley <laughs> and him sitting there, it's not that he was laughing in the moment. It's that years later, he's like maybe reflecting and laughing about it, like, man, that was funny. <laughs> you know? I know. Oh, my goodness. That brings me to a thought that we had like a couple of days or weeks ago mm-hmm. when what if Dudley had i mean there was potential that dudley could have had magical blood as mm-hmm. well right yeah, it absolutely. run it ran in the family so why not had dudley been magical too how different would aunt petunia have been towards harry as well yeah yeah magic in general oh yeah magic the world the magical world and what house would dudley be in <laughs> Yeah, that would have been wild. I think it, really the bigger question is like, I think Petunia would have been like, this is awesome. She's yeah. so proud, oh, yeah. etc. But Vernon yeah. would have had a hard time. It would have had to been like, oh, we've got to explain this. Talk, talk about a wrench in their plans where they basically have the meeting with the Potters and then they decide, yeah, we're done with your sister and that, that crazy Potter guy. We're out. Like magic, we don't mention the M word anymore. I know, and, but I feel like Vernon must have the thought must have come to him okay they didn't have dudley yet they have met lily's uh husband and he knows about lily being a witch too he must have thought about you know my son could or child they didn't know it was going to be a daughter or son could potentially be also a wizard or a witch yeah Maybe he doesn't really think about magical genes or inheritance. Yeah, he probably just thinks because Petunia is not that there's no way no that, way. that, that okay. it could happen. But it could have. But maybe he was completely in denial and was like, no, that's not going to, like you said, just denial. Just no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think they would have just We're adjusted once it happened. Non-magical. Mm-hmm. I think yep. so too, though. And Her- uh, Harry and Dudley would go to school together and have all these memories together. And- Dudley would have been in Slytherin. Oh yeah, sure, flat out. Sure. I mean, that he he would have been best friends with Crab and Goyle, probably, <laughs> which is fine. So yeah, that would have been very interesting, though. Oh no, actually. I I wonder if there is good fan fictions of that. Huh. I need to read more fan fictions because yeah. they're so fun. When just everyone can kind of expand and, and think of different scenarios, different stories. Be careful, world, some of them get know? a little crazy, little <laughs> crazy. I, I know that. But uh, yeah, more fanfic, sure. So, but uh, Dudley is uh, not magical. So, um, he is, he loves more than watching TV. He loves watching Harry getting bullied. Yeah. Right. It's the only thing that really, really can unglue him from that TV that he's watching. And I thought it was really, you know, ridiculous that they had to get a TV in the dining room area or in near the kitchen. So that way, you know, he doesn't even go. He used to have to, it was too far. It was too hard. I to know. walk from the living room and all the way into the kitchen to get some food. That's crazy. It's bad, by the way. Bad habits. Yeah, you got you got that's it's good for you. It's good to get up and and you know, go yeah. go for a walk. I that, I used to make make the joke that was my exercise right there. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got to, you know, put the fridge upstairs for crying out loud. Let's go. Yep. That's my motivation right there. I'm like, I want what's in that bad boy. I don't care if I got to cross an ocean for it. I'm going, you know, for the dessert. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there's, uh, he's watching his, their new, new little TV. And I thought it was really cool in the movie. They do that. They actually mm. do move the TV and they set it up right there, uh, behind the, like the, like the table. And he's like almost looking beyond Marge to kind of like around her to, to still watch it. And I he's know. totally glued in there. He doesn't even notice anything is happening until she starts blowing up. He's watching figure skating, right? I don't know what Fig- he's I think watching. It was- 
some kind of figure skating dance. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Show. It was, yeah. But he played it very well. The actor. Although was I gotta great. say, you know, you and I can sit. We talk about Korean dramas at, at, at the start of the I know, show. We probably look ridiculous. Too, I love watching shows when we're when we're eating food. You know, yeah. it's almost become a, a crazy thing that we pair food with like sitting down and watching TV. I it's know. just fun. I know it's fun. Some people say it's not the best thing to do because you don't really focus on your food. But yeah, I don't know. it's just it's just such a comfort thing to do. I know. I know. <laughs> so we're we're guilty of that, and it's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah harry good for harry he th- in this moment and we were wondering why does he ask vernon to sign his permission for hogsmeade and, and not and petunia because petunia is his actual aunt mm-hmm. blood related i guess they're both his guardians but in this moment it was I, all because of he knew he could get vernon to sign it because he wants him to behave yeah and i kind of think aunt, aunt petunia like there's the idea that she couldn't go to hogwarts so she's not going to sign Ooh. something that allows him yeah. to go somewhere extra be special beyond yeah yeah for sure so she's she's not intrigued by that whatsoever now if her daughter's was going there absolutely <laughs> she would even have signed his and then not harry's right i mean she might have gone who knows maybe she would have softened yeah. a little bit uh, oh yeah for sure. that, yeah probably <laughs> But yeah, it's sad. I mean, he's he's so close here too. But uh, for plot reasons, it works out. It's great. You know, it'll be fine. <laughs> later yeah, on. I know they get all the way to the last dinner. Dinner is already over. It's the last day. I am more just gonna leave in the morning. But she has too much to drink. Yeah, and it loosens her tongue even more, and she can just I don't know. Crazy. They talk about how much. So first, I ask you the question uh, <laughs> yeah. for, for like the. Just the trivia question. T, when you get there, Ripper's drinking out of the saucer. Later on, you know, Petun- that's the last night where Petunia's cooking something real good. And I she, know, it sounds she's, great, actually. Sounds great. And and even Aunt Mar just talking about how this is awesome. She doesn't often have time to, uh-huh, to have a really yeah. good meal like this. So you're like, oh, think of what this could be. Mm-hmm. You know, I sometimes like to think of this family without Harry being there. And I know that they're that's still sort of at their core who they are. But you're like, man, what? How would they have? How would this scene have looked without Harry's presence? Like, I know they're still just a gossipy bunch yeah. of people who have their issues and whatnot. But now they're, you know, targeting and picking on this on on Harry Potter, who we love. So it's wrong, bad, blah blah. But it, I, yeah, I often just think that there's something about the way that she compliments Petunia and the way that she loves uh, her daughters yeah. and you know. Her nephew, her nephew Pew, Poo, Poo, or whatever, whatever yeah, she said, you know, because you were like, should I start calling Benny my nephew Poo? I know. <laughs> I was like, no, no, Aunt Marge, uh-huh. not doing that. But yeah, um, so yeah, good meal. Everything's going well. They've got so many glasses of wine, so many, so many glasses of wine going that she, she's already red in the face. And then yeah. they break out the brandy. Has anybody <laughs> tried that? Oh my god! Like I'm thinking now we're gonna have. I mean, our upcoming sort of hangout session. <laughs> and so shout out to everybody. I I told Kayla the other day. I said, uh, you know, bring your spotchka, bring your white claw. Now I'm saying bring the wine and, and the brandy and the brandy. Oh Who's bringing the brandy? You know what? I think Eric and Rodrigo would uh, totally get. Oh drink. yeah beer wine and brandy and would still be laughing and standing and uh, how how that's just it's crazy tra- years of training those guys are crazy i don't i'm, <laughs> I'm good that's a hard pass for me like one or the other would yeah. be fine but by the way we we're talking about my german cousins so yeah. yeah shout out to them by the way so we miss them yeah. we do uh but i just i'm just impressed by how no. much aunt, aunt marge can put away and what yep that she's still 
able there. Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, Harry, though, I mean, what I think is fascinating in this chapter is the strategies that Harry comes up with to keep his mind off his anger and calm himself down in those moments. Let's talk about those strategies. <laughs> what do you guys do yeah, when you're what, in those moments? What did Harry do? You want to go over that first? Okay, so first he always reminded himself of the the great, almost like the greater cause. Like instead of having instant satisfaction mm-hmm. by yelling at Marge and getting back at her, letting his anger out. He thinks of the bigger picture and how much he wants to go to Hogsmeade with his friends yeah, next school yeah. year. That's what drives him. That's what in this moment keeps him calm and contain his anger, even though it slips a little bit. It's not, an, it's not quite enough, right? We talk about happy memories and how they're not maybe enough and they're all connected to emotions. Mm-hmm. So this one is strong, but he needs, he needs a different, um, almost like a different anchor. We talk, we talk about an anchor, a mm-hmm. mental anchor that you can hold on to, yeah. uh, to not re- just react. You have to breathe for a second, think about something else. Yeah, get and, lost in that thought, yeah. Right, and I think halfway through is when, when he accidentally kind of has the, the wine glass explode in, in Marge's hand. Yeah. And she goes like, oh yeah, don't worry, that happens all the time. <laughs> what? Yeah, she said it literally happened, what, last week or yeah. something? With, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? With that same colonel, I think. Yeah. What, what's going on between Marge and that colonel? Yeah, who is, uh, <laughs> what was the colonel's name? I'm going to find it here real quick. <laughs> um, but so Harry thinks of another strategy. And I think this is a book from the kit that that Hermione sent him, the broom care kit. Yeah, do it yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, the handbook of do-it-yourself broom care. It's one of his favorite things is Quidditch. He loves reading about it. It says Harry got through the next three days by forcing himself to think about his handbook of do-it-yourself broom care whenever Aunt March started on him. This worked quite well, though it seemed to give him a glazed look because Aunt March started voicing the opinion that he was mentally subnormal. (laughs) So he was in the zone. He was just thinking, okay, what's on page 43? And he Mm -hmm. really starts memorizing parts of his book. It's the only thing he's got that really keeps him from Snapping. fighting back. Yeah. And th- because that's that's also in Harry's nature and that's part of what what the the hat, the sorting hat sees in him that's a very Slytherin but also Gryffindor trait is like he wants to prove himself. He wants to stand up for himself or others and that's that's what keeps him from doing that in uh this whole week. And he's doing such a good job. Yeah. Uh, and every time I read it, I'm like, oh. he could have, he almost got away because they're done. Aunt March is yelling for more brandy. And then Uncle Vernon says, you boy, he snarled at Harry, go to bed, go on. And then uh, March says no. Mm-hmm. And then she, whenever she talks about his parents is when he, he loses it. He can't. Yeah. Cross the line, Aunt Marge. Yeah. You cross the line. Now, back to the, those strategies. Yeah. Because that's really what people are here for. They want to hear uh, They want to hear Lottie's strategy. How do you get through those moments? What do you mm-hmm. think about uh, how do you persevere? I'll say this, yeah. too. And, and people might say that I'm, that I'm a Hufflepuff because I am, right? Yeah. Uh, but when people at work are kind of... You know, you, sometimes you have difficult conversations yeah. with people or disagreements or things you're not really mm-hmm. 
feeling or whatever, I honestly err on the side of like sleep on it, you know, Mm -hmm. wait five, 10 minutes. And is it really that big of a deal? Do we have to have an off like a full on office blow up like we saw in our Korean drama earlier where they just had (laughs) it out in front of the entire office? I was like, oh, my goodness, that was wild. And sometimes I think that's where people want to go and they just get so worked up, you know? Yeah. It just ain't worth it. No. It, it, it is not worth it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I, I try to I try to um, reserve like a, an initial snapback reaction and just... so And that sometimes can be a problem because then you have stuff just festering inside and you're, mm-hmm. you, some people would say, well, you're not really standing up to that person or whatever. Um, I've actually learned from you more so just to be very kind and direct. Very direct. And actually watching this Korean drama, they're just matter of fact, like, you know, hey, yeah. what you said was rude. Yeah. And not 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 in a mean way. Like, I can't believe you said that. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. But just no, politely, what you're saying is is actually kind of rude. And it's yeah. really not the best way. Why didn't you? Why don't you just say uh, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, yeah. and then that typically, though, what I've seen in my experience it makes people more mad. Yeah. They get more frustrated. And I'm like, whoa, that means they've got something going on. Mm-hmm. It's not you. Right. It's like they've got something that they're dealing with. So I guess I've just taught myself to really try to have patience, try to have understanding, yeah. um, think through that for a little bit and then sort of move on and really pick your battles. The other thing that I do is I, for years now, have been going outside for a sensory break. Oh, throughout it's the so day. important. Refill your willpower. Yeah. There are ways to literally yeah. refill your cup. So that way you can actually endure some of those other things that go on that you don't need to, I don't know, poke the bee's nest and and cause more trouble for, you know, sometimes maybe uh, using bees just feels wrong, (laughs) wrong because, you know, leave the bees alone. But I mean, sometimes you, you know, might want to say something back to somebody or whatever, and it just really isn't worth it. No, Um, yeah. And you need some restraint. And so it is, I find that when I go out to my car or I go take a walk or I go out with yeah. uh, just, and you, you look outside, you see the blue skies and all that kind of stuff. It seems so silly and so ridiculous. I used to kind of think that in my mm-hmm. early twenties, I was like, whatever, that doesn't really do anything for anybody. And then I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it does. Yeah. It's if you're in a building or an office or uh, a school, just to go outside, take a walk, get some blood flowing breathe some fresh air it does wonders and if you can't do any of that just breathing right breathing exercises are great too absolutely i know you do that a lot yeah i know and it it takes a while to accept and be open to that because often we think like yeah whatever we breathe every day why would it help to breathe at a different pace like what (laughs) but once you do it and you've done it a couple of times and you feel at least some i don't want to say i'm an expert whatsoever and you know being still and and experiencing stillness because really what meditating and all that stuff is is trying to get to to focus on something it's just Mm -hmm. focusing it's easy because your breath is always there to focus just on that and whenever your mind wanders you just gently guide it back to nope just just this moment just Mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. breath all right guys everybody everybody all (laughs) once here we go here we go uh we're gonna go ahead and breathe in breathe in ready breathe out breathe out man i know right (laughs) just a deep breath you what's the thing you have where it's sort of like a rhythmic um I think you do it after we're done working out mm-hmm. where uh um, it's so it's a guided breathing right isn't it or something it, or guided meditation 
to some degree no what i do when i stretch is not a i do guided meditations too but it's um like a mantra they help you give you like rhythm but it gives you a rhythm and cadence yes. right for yes. your breathing absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and if you if you follow along with it it right. really can yeah uh yeah 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 it's just a repetitive rhythm yeah music rhythm mm-hmm. and yeah. they, they b- repetitive words they use yeah um what I wanted to say, two things, I got to be brutally honest, like something that I noticed just in the United States, at least here where we live, there's not a lot of sidewalks, not a lot of options no. to go for a walk. And I think that, crazy? that is a little crazy because it, for me, often we share a car, often I'm at a school and I'm at, I work at different schools every day and i you know, sometimes I don't know if there is an option for me to go outside and walk for a second. Because mm-hmm. it's also kind of uh, odd if I would go around the school where there's no sidewalk and people are watching through the window. <laughs> You're just you walking past the window. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Who's a sub walking by there? Yeah, oh, my. <laughs> through the grass. No. Yeah. So I always kind of depend on hopefully there is a neighborhood or just a sidewalk that I can take a walk for, for at least 10 minutes. Gosh. But yeah, um, it's something that I think this... Uh, uh yeah this country state i don't know i have not seen all of the united states but um something that could yeah, there be are, improved for sure and there are areas neighborhoods that are newer that do include yeah, those that's right? what i thought yes yeah for sure and there are some here that are older it just depends on the neighborhood and it'll just they're, they're not connected that's the problem is that you know and there's really they're working on that especially in my small town here they're working on trying to uh improve yeah bike trails the way people can walk oh, all, i know all we that do stuff. have a bike trail here and i love it yeah but I, I feel like a lot of places yeah it's really difficult just to go on a walk and to walk around yeah. so um yeah i'm surprised i haven't gotten a call from the resource officer who's like hey there's a strange lady walking around the parking lot <laughs> uh <I know>. <laughs> do you know her and do you know why she is out walking between all of our cars <laughs> strange yeah there's nowhere to walk I know. I mean, you can always, like you said, you can always we you know we oftentimes will just make our own path and walk through the grass or whatever, which is which is fine. But then it ends up we're walking through somebody's backyard. I know, and we feel awkward. I know. So yeah, it's whatever. Just, uh, missed yeah. it earlier. I want to say it before we wrap all mm-hmm. this up. Uh, Colonel Fubster. <laughs> Fub. Okay. Fubster. That's his name. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Sounds, pre- sounds like they're pretty close. It does. It does. He's a muggle man who was a neighbor to uh, Aunt Marge. And after his retirement from the British Mm. Armed Forces, he apparently spent a lot of time with her and Mm -hmm. was willing to do her favors. Mm. So he watched over her dogs when she went to visit her brother and family. Uh, Yeah. So that's that's who he is. Just a short little mention. But Colonel Fubster. Yay. Shout out. (laughs) What is his life like? You know, I know. Neighboring with Aunt Marge. I mean, she has 12 bulldogs. So probably it's probably pretty loud i could imagine yeah um anyway i mean yeah not nothing against bulldogs i mean they they can be probably really good dogs so i don't really know that anything about let's go ahead and be honest folks you guys have figured <laughs> it out by now we're cat people okay we, we are we are That's all right fair, but like look we love dog people mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. i love dog people no honestly i know i love, do- I love I to mean, come visit them yeah i don't want to move in with them yeah I think and live with it. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. I'm kidding. I actually like dogs. I I had a dog when I was uh, younger. What? Um, a beagle. You didn't know that? No. Never told you that. Wait, what? Like lived in your house? No. There you go. Okay. <laughs> no. So you didn't have a dog. No. Yeah. Yeah. We. I. 
I got this dog for my cousin, and they didn't have anywhere. So they're like, do you want a dog? And we were like, sure. What do we, I mean, never had a dog before. Yeah. And this dog had a little dog house, and he was out outside. Okay. Beagle dogs. His name was Bandit. Aww. And he was awesome. He was good, good dog. Just a, you know, it was great. But I was busy. You know, I, I had sports and all these different things. I didn't walk him enough. I didn't play with him enough. I didn't do those things. And my yeah. my other cousins, they didn't. All they did was run their dogs and hunt and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, Outside, yeah. yeah, this dog did not get get enough attention. One day he got off the leash and he was down at the neighbors playing with the other dogs and having such Aww. a good time. And we honestly just said, you know what? He's better off down there. We talked to the neighbor and they were and like, they took him in. Oh, they loved him. You know, they, they absolutely loved it. And I was like, that's actually great because that's then I would good. see him from time yeah. to time. He'd come by and visit me and uh, <sighs> with the other two dogs. So it was crazy. It was a husky. Yeah. There, was, there was a husky and there was an Australian shepherd, something like that. It looked, yeah, like an Australian was dog. Was it a bigger? It was red. It had like a reddish tint to it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then there was my beagle. Aww. They were just the, the the trio, and they just rolled around that's the neighborhood. So cute. It was cute actually, and they were so happy. Yeah. And, and I could I hear know. that's dogs can just they're yeah. just happy. They love their humans, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So dogs are great actually. Dogs so. are great. So yeah, there, there there you go. Now you don't have to unsubscribe. You guys can continue <laughs> to listen to the podcast. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but Lottie definitely had two British short short hair. Yeah, British short hair cats. British short hair cats. Yeah. So. I miss him. Luke and Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So um, Harry does a great job until until Marge says, go on, boy. Go on. Proud of your parents, are you? They go and get themselves killed in a car crash. Drunk, I expect. They didn't die in a car crash, said Harry, who found himself on his feet. They died in a car crash, you nasty little liar, and left you to be a burden on their decent, hardworking relatives, screamed Aunt Marge, swelling with fury. You are an insolent, ungrateful little... But Aunt Marge suddenly stopped speaking. For a moment, it looked as though words had failed her. She seemed to be swelling with inexpressible anger, but the swelling didn't stop. Her great red face started to expand, her tiny eyes bulged and her mouth stretched too uh, sorry too tightly for speech next second several buttons had just burst from her tweed jacket and pinged off the walls great scene in the yeah yeah when 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 dudley gets hit (laughs) with those that's pretty hilarious like twice i think yep she was inflating like a monstrous balloon her stomach bursting free of her tweed waistband each of her fingers blowing up like a salami Mm. Marge yelled Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia together as Aunt Marge, just whole body, began to rise off her chair toward the ceiling. She was entirely round, now like a vast life buoy, 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 with piggy eyes and her hands and feet stuck out weirdly as she drifted up into the air, making epileptic popping noises. Ripper came skidding into the room, barking madly mm. and harry's like i think now harry's like okay the cat is out of the bag uh i need to get out of here and it's not even like he doesn't even know where to go no. but he just knows no. he needs to get out can't stay here he gathers all his belongings 
Uncle Vernon tries to stop him. Pulls out his wand. And pulls out like, his wand on him. You can't right. you can't threaten me. Right. And also he thinks that Harry has the power to like, you know, uh so that so that shows you know, Vernon has no clue what he can or can't do. I know. Because he thinks Harry could actually make her right again and, and then like, you know, deflate her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know how he inflated her. Oh, it, I, I know. mean, you know, that's all just sort of that um emotional magic. I know. Right? All that wandless magic. Mm-hmm. Right? Which I think um are we going to talk about that in our extendable um, year edition? This uh, next week. This next week, week? Uh, okay. we're going yes. So this week we're going to talk about cuz he has some concerns even in um when that happens with the glass. He's like, "Oh, I got to be careful mm-hmm. cuz last year I got in trouble because Dobby was mm-hmm. doing magic under his roof." Right, right. And he is an underage wizard. Yeah. And he yeah. cannot do magic outside of school, which is to really, really think about it, it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, they're that's natural to them, to wizards and witches. Mm-hmm. And because of the Statue of Secrecy, that's the only reason why they're forbidden to do magic outside of school. Yeah, they can't control it necessarily. They can't. Uh, they're le- they go to Hogwarts to learn how to control their magical mm-hmm. abilities so that way they don't come in violation or they don't jeopardize the secrecy. Yes. As if you, th- if you think about it like that, it's really, that's one of the reasons why they go there is to maintain the secrecy and, and control yourselves and learn how to you know also how to grow your magical powers but really when you tie it back to the uh the secrecy bit yeah yeah when i because when i read about it i was like i don't know like even when you're in a wizard family like malfoy or ron they're yeah. all surrounded just by wizards and they can't do a little bit of magic right that's so re- that's, i think i think that's pretty restricting yeah even on the b- big wizarding families who never really interact with models a lot. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. whether that's a good idea to just hide forever from the muggles or not, we're going to discuss that in the EE. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, all right. And, oh, by the way, I wanted to go over kind of our schedule, mm-hmm. if that's cool. Yes, sure. So you guys probably noticed we dropped an episode right before this one, uh, just talking about the sneakoscope and just a little tiny theory there as to whether it's broken and all of its connections and mm-hmm. what whatnot. So moving forward, we've actually got some topics for you guys. So after chapter two, uh, we'll be we'll be so we have the extendable ear edition for our patrons. Thank you guys so much for the support. And then dropping here additionally on the feed, just an extra episode. We I tried to match up some theories that we're doing on Harry Potter Hangout that also sort of correlate to the chapters as best I could. Um, It doesn't Mm -hmm. always fit, but for example, like after this one, it's like, did Harry's uh, Horcrux affect the Dursleys? We've talked about that once before, Mm -hmm. and it's something I just kind of want to bring back again and talk about Aunt Marge, you know, specifically here and and some of that Horcrux business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, and we'll we'll see. They're not going to be long. They're going to be anywhere from 15 to 20, 30 minutes. Who knows? It just depends on how deep we get into those, but we're going to discuss those topics. Each one is a question. So after chapter three, we've got like, why is the night bus necessary? Uh, After chapter four, uh, is it easier to do wandless magic in the leaky cauldron? There's an interesting theory about the leaky cauldron being a nexus sort of, uh, which, which I like, or have wands made wizards weaker actually Mm -hmm. is another topic we want to talk about there after chapter five we've got like what happened to Voldemort after he killed Lily Potter because we have the Dementor attack there where Harry will hear his mother screaming and that is a whole you know tie back to, right. to Voldemort and what happened between him and Lily Potter 
Uh, after chapter six, we've got like, did Harry and Ron predict the future? Chapter seven, how powerful was Professor Lupin? Uh, mm-hmm. Chapter eight is Crookshanks, Lily Potter's cat. You know, the list goes on. So we try to like when Crookshanks, we could have mentioned Crookshanks Whoa. earlier, Whoa. You, yeah, but right. So in that one, it's just Crookshanks has a moment going after Scabbers. So uh, if you're wondering what those are, just you'll see those uh, being dropped. And it's sort of like we're already recording them for YouTube. And this is sort of our brainstorming session where we're just talking about it before we make a script and we yeah. get into it so that's really what they are it's just lottie and i bouncing ideas back around and looking things up on the wiki page and sharing starting with a question and then kind of going from there and learning more about that topic sounds so, good to me yeah it's exciting so uh anything else we got anything else this week uh yeah do you know why koreans say fighting no fighting fighting is a Korean word of support or encouragement. It is frequently used in sports or whenever a challenge, such as a difficult test or unpleasant assignment, is met. It derives from a Konglish, which is Korean English, borrowing of the English word fighting. Really? Have what you it? ever heard them say that? Whenever no. they're like, let's Why go. Did this, I did. I, I thought I, it was so cute when they say it. <laughs> Yeah, to encourage each other. To encourage, yeah. What was the one where they had the positive energy and they had oh, the yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to say like, oh, um, they just made a noise. It was almost like let's go, but it was like they all would bring the book around and they would like bless it and send positive, <laughs> powerful <laughs> energy so into cringe. it. And I was like, whoa. I mean, it may have seemed cringy, but I was like, I kind of believe in that stuff. So like, <laughs> let's go. That was, was pretty, pretty funny. Superstition cool. yeah. and things. So. Yeah, I know. Yep. Are you just trying to tell folks that like, there's going to be some more Korean references on our Maybe. podcast? Or <laughs> Gee, yeah. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I did my waiting. <laughs> 12 years of it in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. Uh, sorry for hey, a little crazy episode. Um, we're get, we're digging in here, and it's the guy. Same thing happened in Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. The beginning chapters are just a little bit like really what happened in this chapter. Marge goes nuts. All right, Harry runs away. It's not a lot uh, to kind of pull out of there, and it's a it's a great setup for what is to come here in the night bus, which is coming. Oh so. yes, yeah. Anyways. All right, friends. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio, 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands of baboons. Baboons. If you don't want to miss out on the next episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow over on social media at Fleur and Bill. Do you truly enjoy our content? Then consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You will find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you to Luna and back. On our next reread episode, we will continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and hop on the night bus in Chapter 3. So make sure you tune back in next time. And until then, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Harry just blew up his hand. His hand. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I I should make you read more. I should.
Harry just <laughs> No way. I'm not giving up, okay? No. Fighting. Come on. Harry just blew up his Harry just blew up his hand. <laughs> Aunt. <laughs> Harry just blew up his aunt. No, no, no. Do not give in to the kill. I'm having an inner battle. I know. It's okay. Harry just blew up his hand. <laughs> My. Just say it. Harry just blew up his Harry just blew up his aunt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, you you write this. Harry. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> I'm going to read the rest. And then I'm going to read this again. No, I'm going to do it. Harry just blew up his aunt. Was that good enough? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <sighs> My bones. <sighs>